You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Since we're in 2019, and I want to give you the best the best content out there and honestly a little bit more of what I can give to you free value all that good stuff that you really need for your business we're doing two a week podcast episodes on here so what this will look like is once a week still on Wednesdays will be my dedicated podcast episode to you and then on Fridays will be the Facebook live recording so I actually do Facebook lives at least twice a week. And the really best ones that I have, the ones that have really juicy content, I'll be actually putting on here for you to listen to. If you listened to it before, fantastic. If not, then you get to have a double dose of Danielle, which sounds crazy, but we're still going to go for it. So you'll be seeing this happen probably in the beginning of January and continue because I want to give you the best content for your best year. So get ready. We're going to have some fun times here in 2019. My favorite things to do, one of my favorite things to help out with is talking about marketing, sales, and all that good stuff. So because of that, because you're here, because you pressed play and were interested, I want to gift you the 10 ways to sales consistency. This guide I created with my own bare hands, with my own little typing fingers, to really help you hit sold out service status. I know it can be hard out there trying to create consistent stream of clients and leads online. I get it, which is why I created this guide for you. So if you want that, then head to my link in the show notes to grab your copy or go to bit.ly.com slash dk10ways and... I'm going to try and spell this the best I can, which is bit.ly, B-I-T-L-Y dot com slash D-K number one zero ways. And if you really didn't want to try and spell that, you can find it in the show notes below. That's there for you. And really, let's start getting your business and your marketing up to new heights. So without further ado, let's get started with the show. Hey guys, today we have on Liz Teresa, founder of LizTeresa.com, who is a web designer and copywriter for entrepreneurs and small businesses who help people launch and build online businesses they love. She's also a fellow podcaster with her show Liz on Biz, all about helping entrepreneurs overcome the mental, financial, and emotional hurdles of starting or scaling a business by sharing personal stories and valuable pieces of advice from guest experts. Welcome to the show, Liz. Hey, yay! Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am too. I I love everything that you do. And I, for those who don't know, I was actually on her podcast a little, probably a month ago, a little bit ago. Yeah, a little bit, probably like a month ago. Yeah, I'd want to say that. I swear, I feel like time's flying by so quickly. <laughs> it is. Hey, should we tell them, should we tell them about the time I was on this show, but then it didn't oh, work out? Yes, you guys. So you, she'll, she'll explain a little bit more, but she was actually yeah. supposed to be on here. We were actually recording halfway through 
uh, the interview when something I threw happened. up. <laughs> she threw, I threw up. up. <laughs> it was awful. I had to mute, but I muted my microphone because I'm a lady and I know how to, you know, I know how to be lady about it. Yes. So I muted my mic and yeah, man, it was horrible. I got food poisoning, but I am, I am fully recovered at this point. Thank goodness. But yeah, I was, that was the first time that that's ever happened to me. And now I need, I had to go buy a new trash can for my office. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely like a whirlwind of I was talking for a second and then all I hear is Daniela have to stop you and then just silence. So I was like, okay, you you do what you need to, and then you come back and be like, yeah, I just threw up. So that was a that was a great turn of events. <laughs> I know. I'm like I'm like I'm gonna stop you there for a minute. You like thought I was like mad. Like, I did. I was like I wasn't sure if you were just like unsure of like what I was saying. <laughs> Oh my gosh, no, it was so bad. But I, you know, I'll tell you, I got a really nice trash can now. Like I had like a terrible dollar store trash can, like the kind that holds like one thing. Yes. You know? So like now I have, it's like an eight gallon one that still fits under my desk and it has like a, like a thing that you press with your foot and it opens. Ooh, fancier. Now I don't have to stare at my own trash. Or stare at your own throw up again. Or my own throw up again. Yeah, that thing, I threw it out that day. <laughs> I, too. I got a giant, giant hefty bag, threw everything in it, threw it in the dumpster because I'm at my office building. And then I was like, I'm getting the heck out of here. Those poor trash people. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, <laughs> trash people. I had to like go get a trash bag from the people downstairs because I actually don't have big enough trash bags for the can. Of course. Like that would hold the can. And so he comes down and he goes, I go, I go, I just threw up. And he goes, what are you doing? Get out of here. Because <laughs> I think he thought I had like norovirus or stomach uh, flu. He, like, yeah. he yells like Jerry Seinfeld. That's why I was like, get out of here. And so I was like, ah. So then I like running out. That's amazing. <laughs> like running outside with like this trash can. Yeah. And, I, and then my husband's brakes failed that day. So I actually had to drive brake fluid to his car. So like, and he had it too. He had food poisoning. So like I had to like leave the brake fluid next to the car. And then I drove home after that. And that's a lot of time in a car is what I will tell you <laughs> for somebody that needs to throw up. Definitely you deserve after this week, just like an easy breezy two weeks from now oh yeah i'm like how about nothing happens for the weekend i i don't want to do anything i yes. barely want to think about anything yeah that's what i'm looking forward to and but i take out for chicken now oh yeah chicken definitely need a little break from chicken yes for a <laughs> yeah oh man well, for those who, well, obviously most of you guys. Now will, they all know me so. They know me so well now. They will instantly like, remember you forever. <laughs> they're like, like, oh, Liz Teresa. Oh, she's the throw-up girl. You know, yep. there's worse things to be called. So. <laughs> yes, that's true. There's worse things to be known for. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, since yeah. they didn't, they weren't able to hear the first part of that recording. I think hey. it'd be great for them to hear your story pre-throw-up and a little bit about how you went down this path and just everything in between. Yeah. So, well, so before that that harrowing day, and I would <laughs> say this was about seven years ago. So my business launched in 2011. So about seven years ago. Um, which is, was amazing and exciting at the time I, I chose to do it. Like when I was in graduate school, I'd actually gone to graduate school for English and this was 2011, like I said, so Twitter was only two years old at this point. And so during graduate school, I had befriended somebody that worked actually at Bridgewater State University, which is my alma mater. Mm -hmm. And he worked there and he was also the owner of a social media marketing firm, which in 2011 was like nothing super <laughs> 
you. Like nobody had those. Like you could never find one. It was insane. Like you never would find one, but you'd also would never look for one because they're that new and cutting yeah. edge that they were like. I mean, he was very cutting edge, and he he saw my personal brand and he was like, "Man, your personal brand needs work." And like he was like trying to help me with my Twitter and my everything online. And I was like, "What's my personal brand?" Like I didn't even know what that meant at this stage in my life. I was about twenty one. Tw- I was 22 years old yeah. and I was like what? what what is he talking about like what does he mean my personal brand why do I need a personal brand who needs that I was thinking I don't have a business I'm not selling anything what and and at the time I was teaching him video marketing or not oh. video marketing oops video editing okay. to be clear so I used to work at a tv studio on campus and, I, and so I knew how to do video editing which is like I don't really do it as much now I do have some clients though that come to me for that just because they know I know how to do it and not a lot of people know how to do it. To be honest, it's kind of hard to find people that know how to use, like, you know, basic video editing tools. So, like, I do it lightly now. It's not at all a service I typically offer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he asked me to teach him that. And then he taught me all about personal branding. And I realized marketing isn't necessarily, like, you have to go sell Mary Kay or Avon. You know, marketing opened up a whole new world for me. And, I, you know, then I started learning about social media marketing. I got really into reading everything about it. Of course, being an English major reading comes naturally and easy to me. So I was like, how much information can I digest? And I think I read like a bunch of, like there was like a bunch of for dummies books about it. There weren't a ton of marketing books other than like, there was a book called Engage that was really popular at the time by Brian Halligan, who I'm not even sure, like he's probably still an influencer in that space, but he's like, I mean, now there's so many, like he's just a guy. Um, not, he's just a guy. He probably listens and he's like, I am more the guy, but <laughs> he listens to this, I'd be, I mean, I'm happy. <laughs> so, yeah. He was like one of the big thinkers. So I read his book. Seth Godin was pretty big then mm-hmm. as well. So I was reading a lot of Seth Godin. I read this website called, um, marketingprofs.com, P-R-O-F as in Frank S. Yeah. And there's now they're a marketing firm here in Boston and they were originally started as a news site about online marketing. They were just reporting on all the stuff that was happening. Yeah. And so they're, but they're from Boston. And so I was all about that. And HubSpot is also from Boston. So I was very much into HubSpot. I attended a, like he did like a workshop, Brian Halligan, the CEO of HubSpot did a workshop at Bridgewater when I was a graduate student there and about eight people came, like nobody came. I was like one of eight people in the room and I like asked him some questions and he was just a guy. Yeah. Uh, He's very normal. And now he's probably like, I have a private plane. But like at the time, (laughs) I mean like HubSpot was big, like they were growing and he he felt like he discovered dynamite or gold or dynamite. I don't know why that's like way less cool than gold. I'm like, he discovered dynamite. But like it was like he discovered gold when he talked about online marketing and because HubSpot was one of the first people to talk about inbound marketing. They kind of coined that. And they're huge, yes. And now they have their own, like, certification program. And, mm-hmm. like, there's HubSpots everywhere. But they they were just a company in Boston. So Boston was actually a really hot place to be yeah. for that industry. And I just happened to be here. Honestly, it was, like, right place, right time. So then I started freelancing after graduate school because, to be honest, there were no jobs. So I would, like, I applied to a few jobs, quite a few, actually. I got one interview. And this is a person. I mean, I went to a private undergraduate institution. I went to Stonehill College for my BA, graduated cum laude. I went to Bridgewater State University for my master's in English. And I graduated, I don't think that they have cum laude's and summa cum laude's when you're at the graduate level, but I had a 3.9. Like I was, I had good on paper. I mean, I would, I would want to hang with me if I saw my resume. (laughs) And, but I mean, I got one interview and it was actually for a company and I would tell you who it was, but I feel like weird. Cause like you could really just go look them up. 
but they were they're a company that's like localish to where I live, but like they they sell like there is there is renown as somebody that would be like hats.com or shoes.com. It's not gotcha. them. That's like they're they're like a word.com. That's how big they are. Yeah. They can like own the word of the thing that they sell. And my job was gonna be to write product descriptions for their products. And the guy I interviewed with was like, he sees my resume and my resume's like all graphically designed and tricked out and cool. And he's like, oh, my God. He goes, this place will kill you. You have to leave. He goes, you're so overqualified. And he's like, look at your resume. My God. He goes, you're way too – he said, you're too much for this place. And you're too creative to be in a job like this. He said, you just have to leave. You thank that man. And I was like – and I'm walking out and I'm thinking to myself, was that a good interview? I go, does that mean I got the job? And so, like, I'm like (laughs) – in my head because it's like he was like way ahead of me right yeah. before and then I get in the car and I call my mom because I call my mom all the time as you know yes. and I call my mom and I tell her about it and she's like she's like so what do you want to do and I'm like I really just want to do marketing consulting and social media for small business and that was how my business started it was actually not in web design it was in social media and I was like that's all I want to do and she's like so go do it She's like, that's it. Just like if that's who you want to work with if nobody's hiring right now because it was a horrible economy in yep. 2011 She's like, just go do it yourself. So I did. And then it became, I, I was actually an insurance agent at the time also. So I had like, I had used that to kind of bolster starting a business. So that way I wasn't like on my own, so to speak. Um, and that was kind of burgeoning the way that I could have money and like, <laughs> and launch this. But it started to be like, oh, well, I do four days being an insurance agent. And one day a week, I would do the business. And then it was like two days on Liz Teresa, the business, and then three days being an agent. And then it was like, I was just Liz Teresa. I mean, it just, I couldn't be an insurance agent anymore. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine you being an insert, an insert. Wow. Oh. Insurance agent nowadays. <laughs> Judgment. No judgment. I'm just teasing you. No, that was a rough word for me to get through. (laughs) Yeah, no, there was a word I couldn't say yesterday. and God help me, I totally don't remember what it was. It was funny, though, at the time. So I wish I could remember, and then you'd be like, oh, I feel better. Oh, no, no, I've been in that that road for years. I think when I was younger, I could never say – I always thought the word Pacific, like ocean, was specific, and I kept getting them, like, mixed up so often. It was one of the – the unfortunate that's things. Like cute though. That's like very cute. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe when I, I was like cute. ten or so, it was probably great. I don't remember how long I kept it going for, but it definitely was one of the more irritating things for me to like say out loud and realize, oh, that was wrong. I was talking to a client yesterday, and I obviously can't tell you who, but I can tell you this: that so you know XO, like X's and O's. Yeah, yeah. So she thought that the X's were hugs and that the O's were kisses. And it's, that's not true. The X's are kisses and the O's are hugs. And my husband agreed with her. And I was like, you guys are crazy. And then I look it up and I was right. So it's kisses first? Kisses is the X's and then O's is the hugs. Because O, you hug, you go in a circle. I think what happens is that if you've ever heard the common phrase, it's usually hugs and kisses. Like that's. Yeah. So people assume. Yeah. That's interesting. She signs. She goes, I've been signing my emails, XX. She goes, you mean I've been kissing everybody? I go, you're kissing everybody. She's like, it's been years. I go, that's a lot of kisses. To be fair, to put OO probably looks a little bit off too. OO would look at, I would be uncomfortable at all because all of a sudden it'd be like, ooh. Yep. (laughs) It just looks so weird. This is interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Man, that's 
that's a part though is that a lot of the words that we say nowadays or terminology we think we know and sometimes we realize oh that's actually not i think i learned this a while ago and it was you know when people would say be there be square yeah it's because if you're a square you're not around oh hey (laughs) no that's what it means yeah that's exactly what What? it means yeah that's ridiculous and something i didn't i never heard that before i found it i mean it was someone brought it to my attention and i was it's one of those things where it's like mind blown because you're like you've known this phrase for years but you finally the meaning finally and like clicks yeah yeah so i yeah i agree there's just some things that you just don't realize until afterwards and you're just mind blown mind blown that's a good that's bizarre right yeah, well, it's so going to stay with me for a while. <laughs> it should. Um, <laughs> and use that for anyone, anyone out there who's listening to this. If you didn't know that and you're mind blown too, say it to someone else and just let this mind blown tree continue. I know. This is like life skills 101. That's what this episode is. We're just teaching people how to be people. Because I feel like there's a lot of people listening that are like going to be mad about the X's and O's. They're going to be or embarrassed. I, I definitely know someone who's used two X's before. And same thing. I don't think they know. I don't think they know either. And to be honest, whenever I saw that, I just automatically thought, I think I probably thought it was hugs or whatever, because you don't really take too much notice. Into I what don't they really could be. think people kiss me when they say it, but I, I always wonder why are you doing that? I'm not that person who, who is that anyway. So for even me to think about putting that would be so far out of my personality. I would never do it. Exactly. I think the most I've written is like, what's the most, I mean, have I told, I probably told a client I loved them before. If it was, they were a long time client and we had a personal relationship. That's that's probably as lovey as I get. Well, and that probably comes out of the circumstance too. Like I have one or two clients who I, like you say, over time you develop some form of a friendship or like closeness. So yeah, there'd be points where I would say like, I appreciate you. And you know, I, uh, stuff like that, that comes up anyway. But even for mm-hmm. n- my normal signatures, like sign off, I, f- I love alliteration. So I'm, I have a hard time with not doing alliteration, but Wait, what do you do right now? It's with care and coffee. Oh, that's so cute. Thank you. It's one of the things that I realized, which is terrible, but I used to be a Starbucks barista and I developed a love and hatred for coffee at the same time when I worked there. And since then, I have coffee almost every morning. So I try and incorporate that in my brand and realized I should try and use that in my email signature. And I just, I like how that sounds. That's so, I like that. Right? I say, I see, I'm a person, I usually... I might not say anything. I usually just go Liz or like sometimes I say best. Yeah. Sometimes I say thank you. So best is like if we barely know, barely each, other. know each other. Yeah. And I want to be really respectful. I say best. I say thank you if maybe like I really want to thank them or if I'm being serious. Like if it's about a serious matter. Like thank you for attention to this matter. I don't think I've ever read that. Yeah, I think what, well, I just started using that recently, but when I'm, same thing, if there are people who I don't know as well, or if they're on like a list or some sort, I'll probably put the normal tagline. But when I, when I'm conversing with people through email, especially for like two or three emails in, I'm probably not going to have the, the desire to keep writing that. So I'll just put Danielle. I have somebody that got mad at me, but like every time they sign their email, they wrote blessings as their signature. Oh. So I'm like, I'm getting mixed signals. (laughs) yeah are you blessing me now i'm like i'm like they'd be like but what about this blessings (laughs) so i'm like i don't understand that yeah i had people need to be more selective with their their words i think i would say yeah i i mean we just talked about this earlier it's 100 percent true 
You people, PSA. Can I do this? Yeah, do the PSA. I have a microphone. Okay. <laughs> you people listening to this podcast have got to be more careful about the emails that you send people. And you have to remember there are actual humans, usually an individual, on the other end of whatever you're doing. Yes. That's what I want to say. So don't hide behind your screens. Like, be a nice person. And take care with the things that you say and think about things like I'm getting very passionate right now, Danielle. But you've like, had you've had you've had the day to where you you deserve it. But like see, even saying with care and coffee, what a lovely and kind word to to end your emails with. Like that's that's I mean, it's cute for sure, because yeah. it's care and coffee. That's that's adorable. Yes. But what a loving way to leave someone. And what I what I ask for people to do is I really feel very strong and passionate about this. And I and I actually require this of clients on my website, although some some people sneak through. But I say I require a sunny or at least partly sunny disposition. You got to have a, a good personality. Yeah. And you got to be a nice person. And I got to tell you, a kind word can change an, enti- an entire day for someone. Oh, a thousand percent. That's actually one of the things, even though, which you can probably agree with, is even yeah. though we're in the business of service providing, we're in also the service of just being a person and being, you know, a relationship with them. I mean, like holding doors. Like I bought coffee for the lady behind me mm-hmm. the other day and that totally changed the day. So like what step that's small that you can take like to change someone's day and make someone happy because that will make you happy. Giving is way better than receiving. And so if you mean like, even if you want the selfish, wonderful thing about feeling good because you're a giving person, fine, you know, but like that's better. That's going to make you better. So whoever's like, you know, I mean, don't go into your inbox playing defense is something that I tweeted the other day. I love that. You can't because that's actually, that was in calm. So I, as I, I mentioned to Danielle before we mm-hmm. started recording, I do a daily meditation every single day. See, the way that we're, you're listening to me right now, you might think I'm like a, like a life coach. And I'm really not. <laughs> um, but I have like very strong feelings and I do business coaching and it def- there's, you can see where my lines blur. Yes. But I was listening to a, a meditation the other day and the theme of the daily calm was what she calls uh, Tamara Levitt, who's the voiceover person of the meditation, she calls it non-contention. So going into your day with a state of not being contentious. So not picking fights, not playing def. I, I interpret it as don't play defense the yeah. second you get into your inbox. Don't go looking for something horrible because I think we get so many emails and, you know, I have a client, an amazing client, um, and they are a, they're actually a leadership development and business consulting firm in the Chicago area, and they're called Success Trek. Okay. And I talk about them because they did this newsletter, and it was about and it's what's ironic, it's a newsletter, right? But it was about email <laughs> overwhelm. Yeah. And, and that's part of the irony on why I think it did so well. And they they talked about feeling buried or chained to your to your inbox. And I can tell you that that's the number one time suck in your day is your email. And I know I know I'm on a soapbox, but that was like it that really, that made people really go, whoa. And I think that's why people don't take care is because I think they're in there and they're already overwhelmed. So it's like you're defaulting. I a thousand percent agree because I mean, as a business owner, but really as a person, you're so used to getting so much content thrown at you, whether it's emails, texts, notifications, whatever it might be. It's interesting because I have, I mean, the same thing with you. I get emails all the time, but 
the one thing I've always been good at is limiting the amount of times that I check my email because I know when I go into it, I have a similar intention of like, oh God, there's going to be a thousand emails in reality. There's never a thousand emails. But I know that if I go in there when I'm a little more relaxed and a little more ready to respond, I know that it'll be a lot better word choice that I use and tone rather than going in at the beginning of my day and being like, oh God, I don't want to do this. Yeah, the worst way to start your day is to let other people decide how it's going to be. And that's the problem with checking your email first. And so what I actually, so I've, and this is all, I mean, like I say, like I know everything. This is because I had years of not knowing what I was doing and I learned to do better at being a person and being an entrepreneur. And one of the ways what you said is being intentional about your time. And I like, I make a list of all the things I got to do. I do the revenue generating activities first, which is a tip that I actually got from somebody that came on my show. So like I learned from people around me all the time. Yeah. There's a woman called, um, her name is Monica Shaw. Okay. She's a very interesting person. Not, and what I gleaned the most from that interview, which I don't think it's online yet, is that she said people confuse their to-do list with like the things that they have to do for the day. And she said, really, you really should just do the things that will get you money first. Yes. And she said, no one does that. So like, write those quotes. Don't put off quoting people. Like if you have to send a quote or proposal, you send that follow up with prospects and then do the stuff that you got to do in the day, but close those deals, you know, and she has an amazing worksheet. I'm like, I'm a Monica Shaw commercial right now, but she has an amazing, (laughs) if you, I think it's at, where is it? I think it's revenuebreakthrough.com. You can get her like worksheet. If you ever want to check her out, she's cool. And she describes what revenue generating activities are. But that's like, I mean, that's how my days have got so much stronger is that I'm way more, I'm way more intentional. And I hired a, a project, I actually hired a project management coach. So They're not a project huge. manager. That's great. She's so smart. They I should really tell, you, I tell you about her. No, Did but I, I know for project managers that they are, they are the bee's knees nowadays. Her name is Tessa from the Palmerton Strategy. And she like, she basically walked into my business. I was very overwhelmed. Yeah. And she changed me like in, I would say like in an hour, I felt better. Like I talked to her for like an hour and a half, maybe I felt better. I felt like relieved and she found all the places where I was losing time and I'm so much more intentional. Like they give you tools basically like, you know, not just like advice, not like, st- not like delegate, but like oh, yeah. she writes out an action plan. And that was, I mean, that was amazing. So, I mean, I'm very in favor. I know I've taken our interview very away. I love it. No. I know, but I feel so many feelings that I'm like, ah. No, I love it's it. Like, I'll- Actually, right next to me, uh, I have the book, one of the books that I'm reading called When by Daniel H. Pink. And it's a very interesting book he just came out with because it talks about how to structure your day in the sense of what time of like biological or chronotype you are Ooh, i've heard about this tell people what that do people know what that is you should tell people what it is let's see if i can try and let's see if i can isn't it kind of like what time i think i'll paraphrase and you can tell me if this is right isn't it like the time of day that you're supposed to be most active it's like your time of day it's kind of biologically yeah it's kind of like your internal biological clock and i think the best way people can look at it is they have three types of uh chronotypes in the book and it's a lark which is night people if i remember correctly um another early bird type of bird I don't remember what what it is but that's morning and in the middle is just like an uh, they call it a third bird because you're not really morning or night and the interesting part is the way that you calculate it which I don't remember the specific formula that's in Hmm. the book but you develop it uh, with your normal sleep time like if you were to have a day off when you'd naturally go to sleep and when you naturally wake up and from that middle 
time, whether it's 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., you can see what chronotype you are. And huh. the best part about it is he actually gives notice to, like, there's actually studies because he's very research-based without making it too science-y. And he, re- he noticed from thousands of studies with even CEOs of, like, Campbell from Campbell Soup and all these type of things that, like, doing calls in the morning, there's a reason for it. But if you're a certain chronotype, maybe you do it in the evenings and help show, like, analytic tasks are better for oh, wow. this. It's a very – I – I'm really I love that kind of stuff like productivity or efficiency type of books. I'm better at calls in the morning. I think I gotta we be all are, to be honest. I'm I'm off like we're like I'm like it's four o'clock my time by the way here. Oh god, <laughs> but this isn't like see this is a different part of my brain. Yes, but for like the consulting and the coaching that I do, I ha- I mean I'm so much better in the morning, and like I always try to get people to do the morning. I 100% agree. I think the hard part for me right now is obviously a good amount of my people for podcast and some clients have been on the East Coast. So mm. your mornings are going to be a lot earlier than mine are. <laughs> like I was oh, just yeah. on a call uh, earlier today for a mastermind and they put it at 12 p.m. Eastern when it's 9 a.m. here. And yeah. real- realistically, I could have woken up earlier and like done a lot of more things, but I let myself sleep in because it's a Friday for me and I just decided that. And I realized that although it's a good morning tactic, you have to also be aware of what can you actually fit in without overwhelming yourself in the morning. Yeah, you got to listen to your body. Some people need, you know, need more sleep. I I used to be a person. I used to wake up every day firmly at like 830, Mm -hmm. honestly, for my business. And since I got married again to my husband, James, so so he works and he works every morning at like six. So we, he gets up at six o'clock. Yeah. And so now I'm, but then now when I got married, I was like, I'm always going to get up at six. Yeah. Because I want to like be with him in the morning. Cause otherwise then I won't see him, which sounds very mushy. And every, like some mar- people that have married a long time, probably listening. They're probably like rolling their eyes at me. <laughs> Cause when I tell people this, they're like, come on. But I was married before. So I have the right to like, you know, think. yeah. I know, I know the eye roll. Like, so this is different. I, we just, we really, I don't know. I'm really blessed. I'm, yeah. My husband's a wonder. He's just so fun. Shout and out to James. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, he'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, he's like wonderful. And yeah, I, I like that time together. But now that made me an early riser. So it's like the second he leaves, like, so like I'll drive him right now. I'm driving him to the train for a temporary reason because of his car. But like the second he's gone. I like I make coffee and then while the coffee brews, I meditate. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I'm done meditating, I have my coffee and then I do whatever. So I might listen to an audiobook, uh, a podcast or like watch TV or something, do something like light. Yeah. And then I go get ready and then I'm a person. I get here. I get to my office by like eight o'clock sometimes. I'm here early. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, like I do like <laughs> I mean, and I feel so, it's like, it feels good, but I would have never believed that about me. Like I was, I always slept late. I think that's a difficult part too, is once you, your body has a natural alarm clock, like mine, same Mm -hmm. thing is probably around 8 a.m., which in reality is not that, it's not sleeping into most people, but for like business owners or for anyone who's trying to get as as much stuff as they can get done in the day, it is somewhat sleeping in. So it's kind of just you know, figuring out what works best for you without pushing yourself. And I think... No, yeah. You, you got to def- listen to your body. Yeah, and you definitely helped um, help yourself know what's working best for you. I love that idea of doing meditation while your coffee brews. I personally have... I buy already made coffee, which, yes, is not the best for you. Um, <laughs> but I'm super lazy in the morning when it comes to, like, making my own food. So I have to be... You're probably, a, you're probably the lark. I'm the afternoon person. So oh, you're the afternoon. 
Or that's the third bird? That's the third bird, yeah. Because I used to be a lark, obviously, when you're younger and you're in, like, college or high school, you def- they even show you, like, teens already are in that or even early 20s. So yeah. once you start to slowly transition out of it, your body is just trying to figure out its normal tempo. Um, but for me, yeah, it was 8 a.m. And I just think for the longest time, for the first 18 years of my life, I never drank coffee or tea once. So I never had a routine in the morning for like making drinks or like making something of that. Oh, I know. I'm like clockwork. Yeah. So that's something I'm having to be a little bit more aware of and see how I can best utilize my mornings. And honestly, on Saturdays, I'm, I'm a, I think in overall, I'm a creature of habit because even my Saturday mornings are always the same. You should like, be I mean, doing like, that I anyway. Yeah. Every Saturday. That's the one like, thing they tell you to do. Yeah. Have what? Have have like a routine? Have a consistent routine, so not taking yeah. days off because that's when you mess yourself up again. Oh, I know. And I'm so Saturday. It's like every Saturday. I would say for years now, I like wake up and then I I wake up at like nine. I have coffee and watch TV and have breakfast and then I go to Zumba yeah. and then I go to Whole Foods and I get my favorite protein bar and green drink and then I go home and then I shower and that's like what I do every Saturday. What and it takes me all the way. Side note. <laughs> my favorite one is the – it's not really a protein bar but it's like called the Perfect Bar. Oh, yeah. I've had them. It's my favorite do by far. Do you have the donut or cake one? I get the chocolate chip one. I haven't had that one yet. Side I note, didn't see the donut or cake one. For those who've never had it, it's they taste it's in the refrigerator section. Oddly, like they taste oddly good. Like you wouldn't outrageous. think how great they how great they are. No, they're out they're outrageous. I don't. I mean, everything is crap taste wise comparison. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think anything's nearly as good. Yes. It's like my favorite. I agree. Yeah. No, but I I love that you mentioned that. I think that it's really good for those to know is that. The one thing I've heard from almost every entrepreneur who's successful and, you know, making strides is that routines and habits really help shape your day and, like, shape what you get structure. done. Yeah. You know why? Because when you're an entrepreneur, you have no structure. There's no HR. There's no there's no start time. There's nobody here to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, like, part of being, what do they call it, self-sufficient enough to tell yourself what to do, self-motivated or whatever, I mean, creating structure for yourself. And so that means doing, like, having that – that morning meditation that I do, it makes me way more effective. Yeah. Way more effective throughout the rest of the day. Sets the tone. And yeah. you know that and you do it. And that's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to try and bring us back from that. <laughs> from I know. That we were, that was a long thought process. But hey, I'm glad it happened. That's how you and I are anyway. We just we go yeah. off and then we bring ourselves back later. I think a lot of yeah. us out there are. So I think they'll all yeah. agree. But I want to say, since you've had so many different transitions or pivots in your life, when you went from social media marketing to kind of going down for website and copy, what was the thought process for you? Like, was there a day where you're just like, you know, this makes more sense to go down? What was that like? Oh, so I used to make websites for fun when I was little. I had a SpongeBob fan site. I'm not making it up. And it was like, it got so much traffic and it's offline now, but it got so much traffic. I like, (laughs) I had, like, sponsors and stuff. Like, That's it was amazing. insane. Yeah, and I was, like, what, very little. We'll say a baby because it's embarrassing. So I was little. I was a baby that knew HTML. But the truth of the matter is social media was not gratifying for me. I used to get so frustrated because any marketing and advertising you do is only as effective as where you drive your traffic. So I would do these incredible marketing campaigns for my clients and then, like, They'd be like, well, I'm not getting conversions. And I'd be like, it's because your site is jank. And like, then it would make obviously an awkward situation (laughs) because then I'd have to say to their web person, 
what's wrong with this website? But I'd say it respectfully because I was all, remember that whole thing about how I'm like, be nice, be nice, be nice. I would be like respectfully be like, I think there are some changes that might optimize user behavior (laughs) on this website. And then I like, I don't know, it's my nerd voice. I'm like, user behavior. But that, that was really why I got so frustrated. And I was like, and I know how to make websites. That's dumb. I should totally do that. So that's really what brought me there. I love that. And I wholeheartedly agree. That's actually, I think, a similar route to when I first started. I thought I was going to be doing just social media of some sort. And I realized the same thing with you is that if you're funneling them to a certain place, like a website or whatever it is, and you're not effective on actually getting them to go to be an email list person or a client, what do you do when you're just spending, like, you're spending money on nothing at that point? So I... Nothing. I you agree. Know? That's why I... I had a guy on my show who was actually all about that. Um, really? His name is Chris, Chris Daly. And he's... It's all about split testing is what the episode is about. But his whole thing is that, like, his... I think it's his slogan, honestly, for his company. His company's called, like... I think it's called Disruptive Advertising. And their slogan is, like, stop wasting money on Facebook ads that don't actually do anything. Yeah. Because the website is the reason why things aren't working. And he, he actually makes people websites... And then split split test them. So he does do something. He doesn't do the design himself, but it's done like as part of the firm. Like Mm -hmm. they do it. But yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. So that's that stuff. I'm like, yes, my people. Yeah, it's true. I actually did an Instagram story about that yesterday. I was like, one of the best tips I can give anyone is to just continually test whatever you're doing. Like no matter if it's tech, whether it's copy, whether it's really any part of your business, you have to test to see what you can get the most bang for your buck for. Oh, yeah. Test. test the. I mean, even just like people are always like, I have an idea. Like it's like that same like lack of you just don't want to try because you're afraid it'll be dumb. Yeah. But like, stop. No one's looking at you like that. You're looking at you like that. People are their own worst enemy. Oh, yeah. I think there was I forget where I heard it a while ago, but. There was someone who was a celebrity or entrepreneur, like one of the higher end ones, and they were mentioning that they have social anxiety and they were saying that because, you know, the best way of that they try and go through it each time they meet someone is because they love meeting anyone. However, they have to realize that they are their own, own worst critic because if you think about it, we're all thinking about ourselves, whether we're meeting someone, whether we're talking, we're always criticizing should am I talking correctly am I slurring my words too much am I doing this even though we're on a show or we're, we're doing anything we get we're we are our most I mean I can say that for sure I am my most harshest critic oh yeah a thousand percent but I'm thinking it right now I'm like I'm like what do I sound like do they think I'm crazy I, I came on very intense today <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean to I just I guess I'm very passionate I think you're very passionate and especially for for what has been what we talked about too they're they're very opinionated topics too I think especially when it comes to anything for business or uh, relationships or customers there's always some bias same thing with like you and I where we do websites and there's that never old the, the age old question Squarespace versus WordPress and that in itself for some people is a hot topic and oh yeah I mean I could get all nerd wars about that I just don't even we're, we're, <laughs> I call it nerd wars yeah we're good <laughs> I think there's just certain topics like that, that 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 come up where you have, you know, you've done your research or the opposite side. Some people haven't done it and they have their own opinions about it. And that's why I think for passion, passion comes from a state of 
one, knowing some form of information, two, having experience around it, and three, formulating your your viewpoint from that. So I think for you, it's just you've gone through so much to where you can have um, opinions with passion or viewpoints with passion because you've lived most of those things. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree as well. And that actually brings us really well into when you moved into this route because I'm trying to think so we already recorded half of this prior to this I feel like I've (laughs) asked you these questions before no I don't mind (laughs) but one of the things I think would be great for others to hear is that when you transitioned into owning your own business from like the insurance agency and that kind of thing what was the the mindset struggle for you like the internal struggle when you started your own business especially in 2011 I was just kind of see, you know what? I had no fear, but I think it's because I had so little to lose. True. Because I had the insurance job to fall back on, and I lived with my parents, and I just got out of grad school, so I didn't have to rush to pay my loans back. So there were like a lot of things. It was the perfect time to start a business because there was nothing else. And I was a little bit like, I've never been a person who's been afraid of taking a risk. I mean, like I understand I'm sensitive to people who are and I think that's a real thing and I understand why. I mean, I think fear is there for a reason, like when people are afraid to do things. Um, For me, I was just kind of like, I'm just going to see if this sticks. I'm just going to see if this can work. Like maybe maybe this can be my way, right, of doing what I want. So I originally wanted to be an actor and go to go to like live in New York or California. (laughs) And I wanted to be on Days of Our Lives specifically because – they work every day, by the way. That's like one of the most oh. regular, amazing jobs you can have is to be on a soap because there's new episodes every day. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And so, and I was like, I'm really good. I bet I can do that, but I hated entertainment. And so when I left entertainment, that's why I went to, like, I went to pursue my master's and go with English because I liked writing. And I was like, I'm good at that. I'm good at communicating. I'm really, I'm creative. Yeah. Let's go here, right? Yeah. And then I come out and like, I mean, now with podcasting, you can Facebook Live. I mean, anyone can be a star. You don't have to do it the conventional way. Yes. And that's actually one of the reasons why I have my tagline for my business is share your message and be seen because nowadays visibility through whatever channel it is, podcasting, um, websites, what uh, Facebook Live, literally anything like you we have to be out there. We have to actually show ourselves. So I'm, it actually ties really well into when you talked about um, noticing that there's the person behind the screen because you realize mm-hmm. that if you hide behind that spot for so long, you either forget who you are or people forget who you are as well. And, and yeah, and owning your voice, you know, it's, and I had a, I'm like, I'm quoting all these people that have been on my show, but it's like, I remember the people that stick with you. There yeah. are people that stick with you. And there was a woman named Kelly Roach and her, I think her episode comes out some point. So it'll be out probably by the time this comes out. And she said, it's not a lack of resources for entrepreneurs. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Yes. I live and breathe that quote from Reforleo, mm-hmm. everything is figure outable. Mm-hmm. because without that, especially nowadays with Google and YouTube, there's there's truly enough things out there to where you could learn. It's just, one, if people want to divulge the time for it, or if, two, you have the drive, because that's why online courses are so huge now, because they take all the information from experience, and also some of that you could probably find on Google. You just have to dig a lot, or YouTube mm-hmm. and dig a lot, and it puts it in all one place. So... I think that's 100% true. I totally, totally with you. Yeah, and I'm happy you mentioned that too because it's something that I think a lot of beginners or even those who are still in their business, 
we can get, we have our like genius zone where we're really good at what we do, but we forget, especially when you're starting out or when you have only one or two people on your team, uh, even or even if it's just yourself, that you have to really develop skills that you would never want, never want to think about kind of thing. <laughs> like yeah. I am one of those people who can talk and that's why I have a podcast. However, to try and transition into selling is one of the hardest things for me. And it's something- Oh my gosh, let me help you sell. I love selling stuff. Honestly, take me under your wing because I, it's one of those things where I'm so used to, I can storytell, but to transition into like adding those type of benefits and the core desire feelings, all of those things I am slowly trying to get better at. And we all have something like, I I know I'm not the only one out there, but I know I have things I'm wicked, like not comfortable with. Yeah. And that's, that's the great thing too, is at least that we can, what's it called? We can own it, you know, rather than those who are saying that they're great at everything, which if you are awesome, send me a resume. Cause I want to see what it looks like. But I know so many people out there who are good at what they do, but they're not good at all the things that they might need to do, like the marketing and the sales. Mm. Cause that's nowadays really how you find people other than word of mouth. I don't, yeah. I mean, the best thing I tell, well, one of my favorite things that I say, which is like the most arrogant beginning of a sentence, but one of my favorite things that I like to say is that I am smart enough to know that I don't know everything, but I always know someone who does. Yes. And so that is to say, like, that's one of the things I do say to people when they meet me is if you ever ever have a question and like, you're like, I really don't know when it's business related, just business related. I, I guarantee I know somebody who knows the answer because I've been out there long enough that I, I know quite a few people. I'm not 100 either. I'm only 30, but I feel <laughs> I feel like I'm 100 in my head sometimes. Well, interesting you know? part is that you and actually Ashley, a dash of social who's I mean, yeah. who's going to be on – the, the episode is going to be airing soon I think as well. Um, you both are what I call like connectors. You just are so good at connecting other people. Like I talked to I think Karen – quarterway um for the podcasting type thing a little bit ago and I wouldn't have learned about her instead of you and it's a great notion too for anyone is that really nowadays even in the realm of social media everything that word of mouth and connections and networking is still so valuable and finding connectors and then if you are a connector know your worth right and connecting that is I mean that's I would say people have actually hired me because they know I know a lot of people and that's useful to them that's like been a really that's been a reason people hire me even though it's like a website design yeah be like well you know this person so I think then I'll like I've had people say that (laughs) I 100% I I agree with that I think well since we're we're, we're running a little bit later than I usually do, but I, know, I love I'm it. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, I love it. I think people will get really good value out of this, but I want yeah. others to know is one, uh, I asked this to every single person is why did you choose your brand? So like your name, obviously, but the pinks and that kind of thing, what was your reason behind that? I wanted Liz Teresa to be the best version of myself that I could possibly be. And I mean that I so deeply. That. Liz down so Liz Downey. I was born Elizabeth Teresa Downey. Mm-hmm. So Teresa is technically my middle name. And Liz Downey went to you know Liz Downey went to Norwell High School and Liz Downey did all those things like Bridgewater State and Stonehill. And Liz Downey, she's she's cool, right? But yeah. I wanted my brand to be independent of the person that other people thought Liz Downey was. Yeah. So Liz Teresa gave me wings to be myself but like a version of myself that other people hadn't known before so it was something new to show people that knew Liz Downey 
it was something, it was a way of being new to people that already knew who I was. Um, and it also felt like it gave me an emotionally clean, emotional and mental clean slate. I still love, I like, I like love who I am. And like the, the young, young Liz, oh my gosh, you'd get a wicked kick out of her. She was like, I mean, you think I'm fiery. She was like a bomb. <laughs> she was a firecracker. She was, I mean, and I'm still funny, but she was like, she's tough. She's great. I think that that's <laughs> honestly, like jokes aside, that's a beautiful way of going about it and like choosing with so much intention that you're trying to show up in this world and show up for your business in the best way possible that you can. Yeah. And the way that makes me feel strong and, you know, the prettiest version of me, the funniest version of me, the most confident version and like all of that, all yeah. the things that, you know, make me feel really good. And like, I can go like, you know, be Wonder Woman and beat everybody up. All of those things. The things that make me feel really beautiful and good. That all went into, the, that's the star. I mean, that's that's where the star came. My logo is a star with, um, that. that's where the star came from is, I mean, I want, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be a star. And mm-hmm. so I was like, friggin', I'll put my own name in a friggin' star. I'll get my walk of fame. It'll be my logo. I that was where love the that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's a good question. No one's ever asked me. It's one of my favorite things, especially when it comes to color, because for those who don't know, your colors are pink, gold, white, and black, I think, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the reason why I usually ask that kind of question is because, I mean, same thing with color theory, but I have one step further. I have a theory about when people choose colors, whether it's their favorite color or not. It's mm. like a subconscious way of choosing what you need the most at that time. Like for me, mine's blue is like the biggest color I have, which is a sense of calm and confidence and relief, which is what I try and give to my customers. And I think for trust, you, trust, exactly. And for you, for pink, it's, it has that confidence and that wow factor while also being like feminine. And even with the golden white, you have that masculine energy to kind of like help yeah, blend it together. It balances it. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to make sure my, my website used to be like Pepto-Bismol everywhere. Like <laughs> so much pink. Um, and then I, I had, I started to attract male clients without intending to. Yeah. And then I had one male client that was like, it's, it looks like you only work for girls. And I was like, oh, and so I, <laughs> but I redid it. And now it's, it's actually like, you know, I feel like your website also has to grow with you. Oh, your business percent. will age. Like you might love your site, but it it will need to grow up. And so right now, mine is a little bit more grown up. The version of my site that you see in the version of the brand is like the way it's been for a while. And it's like my favorite. It's like you want it to feel like your favorite version of you. Yeah, I'm actually, I think in two weeks from now, I'm doing a rebrand photo shoot for that reason is because although I like some of the photos that I have, I really want to step into, you know, how I want to show up fully. And I think that that's a beautiful way of going about it is really seeing that your website and really your brand in general should always be the best version of you or your product or whatever it is. Mm. Well, I think the last question that I that I have for this then would be for those who are uh, listening still, congrats, but also <laughs> thank uh, you for those uh, who don't know, what are some of the current workings that you can kind of give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for coming up? Oh, like in my life? Mm-hmm. For your business and like your podcast. I'm like, oh, in my life, I have to, I was like, I got to go pick up my husband. No, for the business, <laughs> for my business. Um, I mean, the podcast episode 100 is actually, that's per, that's on the horizon for sure. Yeah. Um, for the business, I have a free, can I say this? Yeah, do free it. Yeah. I have a free copywriting training video that's for entrepreneurs that want to write their own website copy, but like don't want to be really intimidated by it. It's only a seven minute video. It's very quick and dirty and delicious. It's at freecopyvideo.com. And basically what that's leading to is I am launching a masterclass. So a self-guided e-course on writing your own copy, but page like on a page by page, more 
in-depth, high-level basis. And so that's going to be rolling out. If I had to suspect, I would say end of summer. It was originally supposed to be like this February, but I was, I mean, I'm trying to like lean into the process and work. I was working with my beta participants and I just want to make sure it's like, it feels totally right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel ready yet, but I think by then it will feel more ready. So that's, yeah, that's what's going on with me. And I'm at LizTeresa.com. That's the other thing. You just want to like, at Liz Teresa anywhere. And I'll put that all in the links yeah. below so they'll they'll yes. find it for sure. But Yay! Thank you so much for coming on. I think this was a great, great episode. I know. I want to listen to it. I mean, and I just did it. So <laughs> I hope everybody liked listening to it. Yes, exactly. And you guys, if you have any questions for her or for I, you can always find all of our links down below and we can answer any questions that you have. But thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, I will talk to you guys all in the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.